Well, I'll tell you what, we spared no expense on that uh, opening for our show. Hey, welcome uh, to our very first show here. Uh, what do you know about sports? It's three of us, and we're, we've are we talked about this for a little while here, and we're going to get it going here today. Uh, we are joined by Gary Jeffries, a uh, longtime university uh, football and basketball coach in Canada here at the uh, CIS and OUA, uh, won a Vanier Cup in 2005. Uh, played minor uh, baseball for the uh, Detroit Tigers organization in the 60s and uh, has been a real uh, a real big name in uh, university sports here for most of his coaching career. Also joined by Lance uh, Roberts, a longtime National Hockey League referee, uh, coached, clo- coached, refereed uh, close to 600 games in the NHL, member of the NHL Officials Association, still involved as an, on, uh, an off-ice official in the Canadian Hockey League and has worked as uh, um, a supervisor for Hockey Canada at Spangler Cup and other things. And uh, myself, Randy Steinman, a uh, longtime uh, radio and TV sportscaster here in Canada, uh, about 40 years and uh, now retired. And the three of us have talked about this for a while. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, how are we all doing today? <laughs> doing good. I would, we're doing fine up here, uh, Randy. This is uh, this is great that uh, we're, we're getting this going, and it's the, I, I certainly look forward to it. Yeah, this will be fun. Okay, so just to uh, sort of uh, let everybody know, we are recording this on uh, November 21st, 2023, uh, in case you're watching this at a later date, uh, just to sort of give you a point of reference on, on uh, where we are here. Uh, in November of 2023, and the Grey Cup was held a couple of days ago. And uh, Gary, you wanted to talk about that, um, just a, a, another thrilling Grey Cup, as they always seem to be, or as they usually seem to be, with uh, Montreal coming back to beat Winnipeg. What did you think of the game? Oh, it, uh, it was great. It, uh, the the Grey Cup never disappoints. It, it, uh, it, it's always exciting, uh, you know, generally right down to the you know the last minute, as uh, as this one uh, proved out to be again. Um, there, there are so many great stories in this one. Um, you know, I, I don't think uh, Montreal was was given much of a chance by by those who you know uh, prognosticate, I guess. Um, but uh, they, uh, I think they'd won about seven or eight in a row, including knocking off uh, Toronto. In the semifinal, who'd gone sixteen and two, I believe. So, um, I, I honestly thought they did have a shot, um, and uh, but the, the storylines were were great, and uh, you know the the Fajardo, uh, the, the quarterback for Montreal, and and how he'd been been uh, kind of ushered out of Saskatchewan, and having uh, having failed in, in a couple of. Uh, uh, Western Finals and and a lot of the the onus for that was put on him and and uh, so he was let go and and uh, resurfaced in Montreal. Montreal gave him an opportunity and uh, and the kid came through and he, he uh, you know the the talk was you know Montreal's defense uh, had to win this one or, or or keep them close to have a chance um, and, and they certainly were good and, and did a good job but. Uh, it wasn't just their defense. Uh, they uh, they they had a great offensive day, and and uh, and the Canadian kid. Uh, there's 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 always a top Canadian, and and uh, 
Um, he, uh, he made the play with, I guess, 11 or 12 seconds to go in the game that uh, it got open and, and uh, scored the winning touchdown. So um, it, it was a thrilling game, and, and uh, I said it, uh, the Great Cup never seems to disappoint. Uh, I, uh, I watched every minute of it, had no... Um, no desire whatsoever to turn on what was going on uh, on the uh, American channels and with the with the NFL. And, uh, it's uh, as Canadian as it can be. Uh, the city of Hamilton did a wonderful job uh, putting that thing on uh, all week. I'd, I wasn't down there, but I'd, I'd, anybody that was that I've spoken to said it was uh, it was a great week and uh, capped off by a great game. So um, it's uh, good for Montreal. It's been a great season at, at both levels, the university level and the CFL level. Yeah. What, why do you think the Great Cup is always such a good game? Oh, I, 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 just, I just think our game and the CFL game, uh, it's not just on Great Cup uh, Sunday. Uh, it, it's all, all season long. It, it, uh, you know, it's wide open. You know, the, the, the field is large and it, um, it's, uh, you know, it's just the nature of the game, I think. Um, and, uh, three down. So you, you know, you, you've got to throw a football, uh, you're not just going to pound it. You, you've got to throw it. And, and, uh, and we have some great athletes up here. It, it's, uh, um, it, it, it's a shame. It, it's not, it's not coveted the way it should be. I, I don't think it, it, it's it's a great product, a great game, um, and, and what makes it more special for me is that you know there's 20 Canadians on every roster, right? And uh, kids that uh, that we've watched, uh, you know, many of whom have gone through the, the uh, Canadian university system, and, and uh, to watch them go on and and have success at the next level um, makes it very special and. I just think it's the game itself. Uh, it continues right into the Grey Cup, and it, it's uh, it's always a beauty. Yeah, yeah. And I just love that it's just coast to coast. I mean, Lance, you grew up in uh, Western Canada, and I can only imagine, you know, back when you were a teenager, you know, how big uh, the Grey Cup was uh, to oh, a kid, yeah. kid in Alberta. Then with the Eskimos, were a big deal. And then when they won five in a row, it was quite a quite a thing for that city in, in regards to the, and with the Neskimos, but I, watching that, the thing about that, that game, it was, it was, I think that's the second year in a row that Winnipeg's lost in the, in the Great Cup, I'm not sure exactly, yeah, yeah, but they, they've had some tough runs in that Great Cup, Winnipeg, it's a, it's tough, another tough loss for them in that game, you know, and I think the thing about the CFL that's really interesting is there are a lot of, as much, you know, with, with it's not really a, a minor league to the NFL, but there's a lot of football players that have come out of that CFL to go on and have great careers in the NFL, which is an interesting thing that happens sometimes, and it's fun to watch that. But, um, yeah, it, it's uh, all across the country. It's a big deal. It really is. It's uh, The parties are big, and, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of um, you know, excitement, I think, in any city that has a CFL team. Yeah. But what I really love about it, too, is, and, and this isn't obviously by design, this is just the way it worked out, but I, I was looking back at previous Grey Cup winners, and from 2010 to 2016, there were seven different 
winners. There were seven, seven different organizations won the Grey Cup over the course of those seven years, which is, I mean, it's just great. It's not like a team has like a, an incredibly long drought where the fan base just can never get excited. You know, everybody seems to have had a, a Grey Cup win other than Hamilton in the last 12 years or so. And uh, that keeps the fan base, uh, you know, interested and encouraged uh, when, when you've got a Grey Cup champion to cheer for. Well, I think yeah, that that's, you look great. I, I, I didn't realize that, but that, that, uh, that, that's great. Um, you know, there was talk of, of Winnipeg here and, and Dynasty. Uh, and, you know, where lose, they might still be. Uh, that's four consecutive Grey Cups that they've been in. Right. Uh, won the first two and then lost uh, uh, lost to, to, to Toronto you know, last year, right? You know, in the field goal that got blocked by a, a Laurier kid, by the way. And then this year's loss, but uh, you know that that's uh, that's a great program that Michael Shea has uh, put together out there in in Winnipeg. But uh, but it, it's great to see Montreal. It, I don't think they'd won since what 2010. Is that uh, that's uh, right? I think that's what they were saying, and and uh, that's their uh, that's their eighth great cup in their history. And yeah. uh, so that, that that's a big deal. I, I I saw them coming off the plane this morning on. On Sportsnet, and uh, looks like the party was still going. Um, and uh, I think they have a parade down there in Montreal today. So, um, the, the other thing about uh, about the CFL, I, I touched on Canadian kids, um, and how wonderful it is to see uh, Canadian kids getting an opportunity at quarterback. Um, and uh, you know, Nathan Rourke last year uh, out in Vancouver. Um, you know, he, he lit it up. He, he did things that no quarterback has done uh, since Russ Jackson, no Canadian kid anyhow, uh, since Russ Jackson and probably surpassed the stuff that uh, some of the things that Russ did. Uh, and Lance, you mentioned how going down to the States and, you know, he's down there now in Jacksonville and, and uh, um, but, but, you know, I hope he gets an opportunity down there, but if not, come on back up here and, and uh, let's get him going up here. And we, and we got Trey Ford in Edmonton. Um, you know, we, we've got some kids playing right now uh, at uh, university level that uh, I'd love to see go on to the next level. Our kid at Laurier, um, Taylor Elbersma, uh, he, he has to be a prospect, in my view. And, and, and uh, the kid I watched the other day from Montreal, uh, like Senegal, I believe it is. Um, I have to check that. But anyhow, it, um, so it, it's wonderful to see our Canadian kids do well to go down the states, and that, that's great. But I like to see them all up here, and, and let, let's let's let them go up here. And and uh, you know the Canadian aspect is is special. One of the things about the Canadian the the, the CFL Great Cup is some of the conditions they played at in the past. Where I mean the field conditions, the weather conditions. Uh, different things like that, that the game goes on no matter what kind of thing, blizzards and stuff. So that's part of the Canadian CFL history of the Great Cup is, you know, you look back to the old ice bowl there, the field was all icy and they got, some guys put spikes on the shoots. You know, yeah, Staples, like that. That, that was my deal. Staples on the sunny Wade was a quarterback. I, I remember that. Yeah. The fog bowl, uh, yeah. the fog bowl and, and, and Bibbles bobbles, the, Running down the, the sideline and got tripped by somebody on the sideline, and there's some history. It was yeah. really outstanding. It's yeah, great, it's, uh, very great stuff. I I can remember back way back 
Um, you know, the, the, the gray cop uh, was a huge deal in, in Canada, uh, much like the, the Super Bowl now. You Super Bowl party, Super Bowl party. I don't know if we have the gray cup parties that we used to have. Um, but I can remember we had, uh, we had people in our neighborhood um, in Burlington, uh, a gray cup, they, that they wanted to be outside. So they built some bleachers, uh, had some bleachers outside, and they got the TV outside, and uh, uh, they washed it out there. Uh, the day that I remember they did that, it wasn't very nice. It was cold, and, and uh, but uh, just the, the excitement over it, the Canadiana of it, um, that, that's what we used to do. I, I think we've lost that a little bit, but... Uh, um, Kenny, it'll be nice to see that uh, kind of excitement for the Grey Cup yeah. uh, match. What the excitement is for the the Super Bowl. I did, we went into the local bar here, the Walker House, a couple of years ago, and uh, we we couldn't find the the, the, the Grey Cup. Uh, eight, seven or eight, ten TVs in there. And it's all uh, all NFL, and we had to say, hey, come on, let's let's get one one TV at least. Uh, with our game on there, and they, they threw it on, and and uh, by the end of the game, most of the people in there were watching the Great Cup. But uh, so I I love to see that that come back. Yeah, I I, I remember as a kid um, collecting CFL uh, CFL football cards, OPG. I mean that was a as big a deal back in the '60s as it was to collect hockey cards, and uh, and I remember. You know, my first memories of Grey Cups are probably around 60, 68, 69. I think uh, Russ Jackson played in a couple of them in those years and uh, for Ottawa. And uh, that, everyone was talking about Grey Cup. I remember being in a, a hockey dressing room on Grey Cup Day and all the kids, we were all about, you know, nine years old and we're all talking about the Grey Cup game that day. So hopefully it can, hopefully that can, that can come back. Gary, I, I was going to mention, uh, when I was just sort of looking up the history of the Great Cup a little bit, I noticed uh, that in 1934 and 1936, a team from Sarnia won it. And I'm in Chatham here, so an hour away. It's pretty cool that a team from uh, Sarnia, Ontario, the Sarnia Imperials, won the Great Cup in 34 and 36. Um, and I'm just wondering if uh, you were at other of those games, do you remember? Well, I was actually going to ask you if, if <laughs> being from the area, if you you know if you saw them. I, I no, I I wasn't there. And, no, but uh, no, I, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty interesting stat. Yeah, but it's, it's but you talk about the Canadiana, and 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 that's pretty cool that um, you know a team from Sarnia, Ontario, is a, was a two time Grey Cup champion. In the in the 1930s, I mean, sure, 90, 90 years ago, but um, it's still got that history as part of the town. And yeah. uh, I mean, the Great Cup goes back to 1909. Yeah, that this was 110. Yeah, yeah. University of Toronto won the first three Great Cups. So, oh. yeah. So, anyway, very cool. Uh, we'll move on. Lance, you want to talk today? Um, and just we should probably say every week one of us is going to bring a, a, a topic to the table here. Um, and, uh, Lance, uh, you know, you want to talk about an upgrade in, in equipment and, and training and, uh, you know, for players in, in real physical sports and, and has that upgrade in the equipment, uh, 
caused uh, an increase in severe injuries. Um, and uh, I'm sure you being a former NHL ref, you probably witnessed some pretty uh, bad injuries firsthand. Well, I, I just, it's interesting. I guess it was sparked by the, the, the young fella, the, the player, hockey player in, uh, in England who, who you know, unfortunately caught that player in the throat and, and has that going on now with him and being charged. And, and one of the things that came out to me is that the, the blade now of the skate, I didn't even know this. Uh, I was told by uh, someone who, who, who knows skates and that are, they're, they're titanium now. A lot of the players were wearing titanium skates, which you can make them sharper, which brought me, you know, got me thinking. Like a lot of this, like when the player got hurt in that game with Buffalo, and uh, uh, they had him on the field and had to get him off the field and stuff. I'm just thinking, like, is the helmet stronger, harder? The equipment now is it? Is it made the players more, um, you know, that they don't understand how, how 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 hard they're hitting somebody, and the players that are now. They're all like in hockey. They've got the face mask on. They got it. They're all geared up. That they have. They don't have the fear as much as they used to. I know that when they brought the face mask in, the players. The game went from down below the waist to coming up with six higher, and less respect for the player going into the boards. Till we brought in different rules to take care of that. So it's interesting to see the evolution through the game in games of physical like football and hockey where. As we make the equipment better, stronger, you know, more protective, the more um, there, I think this, in some situations, it puts them more in the danger of being hurt, injured, even worse. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. I kind of thought about that and I thought that, are we making the game safer with all this equipment or are we making it more dangerous at times for the players on the, on the field? Yeah. And with the football, I don't know how much they've increased their ability but training wise i think that there is such a high level of train that they're you know they're bigger faster stronger when they go to hit somebody they don't really realize that how how much inertia force they're putting into hitting a person and and i think there's a lot of injuries are because of this and you know and going on in those sports so i don't know what do you think well what do you think gary about football is it is it is, it, is the equipment getting more and more in a battle warrior type situation where they're they're you know much stronger. Well, I, I think I think you nailed it when you said bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, I, I think that's uh, you know that's basically what it is. It's, the kids are, are are just so big and strong, and the um, and the force with, with which they you know that they, they hit it is uh, you know is like never before. Um, and uh, I think too that you know the the helmets are they they they've come a long way and certainly a long way from when when we played, um, but uh, and so maybe they they feel invincible when they put that uh, put that equipment on. But uh, um, you know I, I I watched our our kids this year the the Warrior team, um, and and our secondary. I mean they've got five kids back there. They absolutely they they come up and they will hit you. Um, and with with no, it sometimes seems with no regard uh, for their body or, or their safety in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. That, you know, I, I think maybe I've heard in hockey, you know, with the, the the elbow pads and things like that, and the plastic, and um, that that uh, you you know better, Lance. That uh, you know, there, there's injuries because of the maybe because of the. Uh, 
um, the, the protection that they're wearing. Um, I, I'm not so sure in, in football that it's because of the equipment. Uh, I, I think it's more because of the, the, the kids that uh, just hit hard. Well, I think, too, in hockey, that they're also training at a higher level. And the speed of the game is at, at the highest level I've ever seen it now. And we don't have, you know, you're, we've the rules have now gotten tighter for slowing players down and hooking and holding and those types of things as they did in the old days to pull a guy back before he could hammer a guy into the boards. And I think sometimes that's even part of the situation where, you know, players coming in to take a player are coming at a speed that they don't really feel that they're going that fast. And then you hit the player into the boards at the back end when the guys try to get the puck. Those are dangerous hits, which we have to penalize if it's to the back. But it was funny. I wrote a thesis way back when I was becoming a, at a level six seminar that I came my level six for Hockey Canada. And in that, basically, it had the pros and cons of the face mask, you know, coming into the game. And what were the pros and cons of not having the face mask to having the face mask? And I, I mean, we want to have players safer. But, you know, in regards to putting the face mask on, but two things happened when they put the face mask on players in the game. The game went from the waist up, like I said, but they also, we used to always back up, back up and take a player. Now they go at them as opposed to the fact of taking them and riding them off or angling them. They go, they'll go right to them sometimes and, and then with, you know, with no fear because they have the face mask on. So I kind of thought to myself, I looked at it and I said, we may have saved the player from losing an eye. When we put a player in a position now that gets hit with, with the way they play, to be put in a wheelchair for life. So what was the trade-off there? I don't know sometimes when I think about how the game's evolved, but I think with more rules and stuff, we do have a, you know, I think the game is still controlled a lot better than it used to be in many ways, you know. Uh, it's a different game now, but the training and the severity, and I see so many injuries of players getting injured in different situations just based on the fact that there's such a, it's such a physical game as it is, but I just think there's no there's a different mindset of when you go to hit somebody that you're not really that you know when we used to play hockey or an I thought show football was you always had the respect of the player you're going to hit in some fashion, but now I think because they're so they feel they're so safe with them that they can take it to another level, you know. So I didn't know if that was part of it, and the the player that had that happen. I don't. I don't know if a titanium blade or a different blade would have made a difference for that man that got that that died in that situation. But I do know that there's so much skepticism now about did he do it on purpose or didn't do it on purpose. It's reckless for sure, but it's an unfortunate situation all around. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, um, and this wasn't so much an injury. I, I think as a as a heart condition where that that Buffalo player, uh, Buffalo Bills player, collapsed in Cincinnati their last season in a game, and they they had to cancel the rest of the, the game and was never replayed. Did either one of you ever have a, a, a game that you were involved in that had such a, a bad injury that uh, the game had to be canceled at, at that moment? Uh, thank, thank, thank God, no. Um, and uh, I, I've thought back many times with, uh, you know, with all the practices, uh, you know, going back to over 40 years of football, um, and uh, practices and games and, and all that physicality um, that uh, you know was was so fortunate to, to never see a, an injury like that. Uh, we did have a kid, um, a kid from uh, actually from the Sioux, a kid named Tom Annette. Um, he uh, he cracked a bone in in his back. Uh, I think it was vertebrae, and, and uh, 
he actually played. He, uh, we saw the hit. It was right in front of the bench. Um, uh, he, he came off. Um, and then the next series uh, went back on. And uh, we we're so fortunate that, uh, um, you know, they got him out of the game and after the game went to the hospital and found out that there actually was a cracked vertebrae. And, mm. But uh, that that's as serious as, as what uh, I'd ever seen. Uh, so it's very, very fortunate that uh, that's the case. I've had two that were really come to mind. Well, actually, there was even a third one that I wasn't that, I wasn't doing that game. But I had the game with Devereaux when he got hit by Dallas Drake. And we thought that he was, we had the doctors on the ice. We had all that happen. But, you know, he, he was okay. We took him off on a stretcher and game on. It's it's funny in hockey, I watched that player get hurt in that game and they, they shut the game down and, you know, and, and total respect for what the, the league did in that. But hockey... It's interesting in hockey where when Devereaux was hit, we all were worried. The doctor came out and I think basically saved his life. I think he swallowed his tongue on the hit. And um, we put him on a gurney and he went off the ice and we just face off over there and, and away we go, right? And I had another one in uh, Sydney where a young man just basically nearly lost his life going into the boards. He hit his neck. He blew his, we got, he got his breath going and the traders came out and we had, you know, basically took him off the ice and gave on again. You know, it's it slipped my large check when he got his throat slit that one time. Yeah. And that we just sort of scraped the blood all away and away we went again. So hockey's kinda of funny that players go down like that and we really keep we you know, we get we get we haven't really stopped the game for that. We just sort of go on with the game in some ways. But I've seen some pretty serious injuries to some players for sure. And it's scary when it happens and you're the like when I was on the ice there, the one thing as a referee, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to do. Primarily in those situations, you got to get a trainer there quickly. And it's uh, watching that man bring his the breath back into him by himself was, I was just it was just a shocking thing to go to, to see, right? And uh, and the one with uh, Devereaux was another one that really strikes home when you see something like that happen. It's it's a tough one to get. It's a tough one in that way. And that's why I you know I think that players today. There's a, there's a bit more respect factor in some situations, but when the intensity goes to a higher level, uh, it's still a dangerous sport at times. And it's funny because they want to put they want to put players out there uh, with with you know face mask and and on an eighth of an inch of a blade with a stick in their hands going up Mach five, and they don't want anybody to get hurt. And I go like, what do you, are you how, how can you think like that? Because someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> Yeah. At some point in time, someone does get hurt in the game of hockey as much as, it do, as they do in football because that's part of playing a physical sport. But when it happens, there's a major uproar about it. It's just everybody wants to change the rules, change the game, and it's it's not it's never going to change that way. So, Yeah. I, th- I think the best we can do, uh, um, really, uh, without changing the sports, as you say, uh, is the teaching and the coaching uh, and, and how we teach it. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with football, you know, we, we try like heck, um, you know, to, to avoid, uh, hitting with the head, uh, bleeding with the head, uh, uh headshots are, are, are now penalized severely. Uh, whereas in the past, uh, you know, they, they, they were looked at as great hits. Um, so I, you know, but I, I think the coaching, um, the teaching, uh, you know, hitting with the shoulder, 
uh, as the, the the prime the, the prime point uh, rather than the, the the head or the helmet, uh, using it as a weapon, uh, you know. And so, uh, I, I think we do a great job of that. Uh, are there times that uh, you know that, 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 that there's you know we're going to go outside that, and, and, and there's still going to be uh, headshots? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, Lance. That um, it's a physical game. They're both physical games, and uh, sometimes it's good they're, they're going to happen. But uh, um, you know, that's what you sign up for. If you're going to play, um, and uh, you're not going to play differently, but we just have to teach it well. And there, are, you know, then we'll see what uh, what develops in. But uh, it, there's always going to be injury. The quarterbacks are the worst. I think that's the toughest position. They hit a lot. I think I don't think people realize how much quarterbacks get hit. But watching that documentary on it on on uh, on uh, Nexus there, and it's it's like it's a Netflix. It's like, like of all the sports, I, I I think in the in any in any sport, I, I think the, the most critical person on a team is the quarterback, and the most dangerous position for them to play is the quarterback. In some ways, they they're 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 just they're they're meant to be hit. Yeah, that's uh, that's right, and, and we we try to protect them as best we can, and, and uh, even low hits now. I, again, th- th- these are rules that have come in in the last you know ten years. Um, you know that uh, oh, that's now penalized. Um, that, that we try to protect their their legs and their knees, and and certainly headshots. Uh, but uh, you know, but they've got the ball. You know, if you've got the ball, that, that's uh, you know that's. <laughs> That's what we're going after—the guy with the ball. You know, the same in hockey. If you've got the puck, um, you know you're going to get hit. That's why I didn't have the puck very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you don't want the ball or the puck, you know you you probably shouldn't be playing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the, the, if if, uh, if if you're playing professional sport, you've got to love to have the puck on your stick or the ball in your hands. Um, that's that's part of what. What has made you uh, uh, the type of player that's going to get to that level? You're not you're not getting there by being afraid out there. No. no. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to uh, touch on one subject here before we wrap this show up. Um, it was sort of the end of an era recently in uh, Kitchener, where we've both spent a lot of time in Lance. You continue to live in Kitchener Waterloo, um, but uh, the TV station there uh, now CTV Kitchener was very well known as CKCO, uh, has officially left the building. Um, the building that they were in since uh, they went on the air back in 1954, they moved uh, uh, locations um, recently. And I just wanted to just sort of maybe even give a bit of a shout out to uh, some of the, the, the sports guys that worked there over the years and uh, did such a great job of bringing... Um, local and regional sports to, uh, you know, really all of Southern Ontario. And, uh, it was, you know, a bit of a, um, a bittersweet, uh, thing for me to uh, find out that this station had picked up and, uh, and, uh, left the building, um, because I worked there myself, uh, for about 30 years. I was there in 80 and 81 as a young radio guy, just out of college. And then again, from 1989 until, uh, when I, uh, when I left there about, uh, four years ago in 2019, but, um, you know, guys like Bill Inkall and, uh, 
and Jeff Hutchison, Don Cameron, who was, you know, Lance, I still think that guy should be in the in the broadcaster's wing of the Hockey Hall of Fame for his, what he did for junior hockey over the years. Well, absolutely, Randy. Yeah. Um, but Wayne Coyman worked there, and um, I don't know if you guys remember um, uh, Mark Hebsher, who was on uh, that Global Sports Line show with uh, Jim Taddy there for years and years. Very great show. Uh, yeah, Mark Hebsher worked at, at, at CKCO back in the day, too. So uh, lots of... Uh, you know, lots of terrific sportscasters. I was really honored to work with uh, the, most of those guys. I didn't ever work with Hebsher, but uh, the rest I, I sure did. And, and even there in more recent years, you know, Darren Stevenson and Jamie Killingsworth and people like that. And, uh, you know, what an honor it was. It's just sort of a shame that, uh, um, you know, we, we, I still call it we, uh, still, it's a shame that that station, uh, you know, doesn't have a local uh, sports presence anymore. And it's just sort of uh, a shame too that that uh, that station has has uh, picked up and, and moved to another another building. But uh, I know both of you guys spent some time there, and uh, you, you know you you know what that building uh, meant to the region's um, media for years and years. I just love it when I was coaching St. David's High School, the hockey team. We had lots of. Uh... Times you'd come out and cover the games and stuff. And one of the interesting times with that was I had a young fellow on the team that he was, you know, he, he was about the best player on our team and the guys loved him and everything. We were in the playoffs and he, he scored the winning goal. And you guys had that on the, uh, on the TV that, that, that all that, the broadcast for that day or that night or, yeah. And it was broadcast and our team was so excited for that kid. He was, I don't think he, I don't know if he well, I don't have I didn't have him next to the team, but I don't know if he kept playing or not. But he was uh, that was a pretty exciting moment for him, and that's locally wise. We don't have that anymore at all. It's it's kind of not it's kind of um, it's missed a lot by the people and the area to to have that type of exposure for their kids playing in the sports. Darren, I think it's Darren Stevenson has the, the sort of a podcast going that he keeps covering games and stuff. I assume the rank all the time, which is wonderful. Yeah, what you guys did for locally was was uh, was awesome, uh, and uh, not just for the high school, but uh, the local universities for uh, UW and and Laurier and and Guelph. Um, and uh, you know we we look forward every week uh, to Darren coming to practice uh, and uh, with you know and do a, an interview with you back in the station and uh, the fun we have with that. Um, but, uh, it, it, uh, it was so great for the community and, uh, I, I know Darren is, is, is doing that now with his nine, nine one one, I guess it is podcast. Yeah. Five one nine. Five one nine. Yeah. yeah. But that's not, that's not nine one one. No, it's not a, not an emergency. <laughs> Some night. I did it with three numbers. Also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I guess, uh. I think he's doing a good job with that, um, and and good for him for you know for for carrying on. And uh, but uh, I, I remember uh, Jeff Hutchison. Hutch was uh, he's quite a character, and and again a, a big supporter of uh, of local sports. So yeah, yeah, you guys are missed. There's no question. 
Well, it, it, and it's and it's not not only that. I'm I'm thinking more almost the, like just the building. Uh, everyone knew where the station was right across the street from the hospital there, and and uh, you know now it's uh, moved up to some very um, uh, a much smaller space up in the old um, uh, Lulu's building up on Highway Eight there near the 401. That's that's where they're now located. And uh, oh, um, you know that. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's just when when I think uh, when I think about the history of that building, like I said, they went on the air in 1954, and uh, and you know back in 1954 there were not a lot of Canadian television stations, let alone uh, you know Ontario television stations. So um, you know that was a, a real um, that was a real thing for for Kitchener Waterloo and that area to. Uh, you know, have its own TV station. And uh, I remember as, as a kid, uh, I was, I think, six when I uh, set foot in that building for the first time on, um, uh, uh, there was a guy who used to play cartoons. I don't know if you remember his show. His name was Big Al. And and uh, he, he had a cartoon. Yeah, he had a cartoon show. Yeah, Lance, you wouldn't have lived here back then, but um, uh, the Al. He had a he had a cartoon show that you know we would we would run home from school at noon every day, and and watch Big Al cartoons. And uh, he also had a sort of a kids show where uh, kids w- uh, would come on if they were celebrating birthdays. And uh, and I remember I remember going there when I was about six years old into that building and uh, and for my birthday, my sixth birthday, and I I I I, I still remember you know thinking how big the studio was and. And how cool it was for all the lights to be up on the ceiling, and uh, you know, obviously, little did I know that I was going to spend uh, the majority of my career in that building. Um, but uh, that was it, it. It was just a, 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 a not a disappointment for me, and it certainly wasn't a surprise to hear that the station has um, has moved and uh, is no longer is no longer located there. And and I'm not even sure what what's going to happen with that station now. The the LRT goes right past there, so it's in a prime location in in Kitchener there. But uh, that'll just be curious to see what happens uh, to that station moving forward. Well, this part of that, was cool. that, sorry, go ahead, Lance. Oh, go ahead. No, you finish up. No, I, I just gonna say it, it was cool that it, the downtown core. You know, it, it, it's a shame that it, it, it it's moved now out uh, out to the four hundred one. It, it uh, I, I think. Uh, I think it was great that uh, the location that, uh, you know, it was at, and, and uh, it's a shame they couldn't maintain. I was going to say that uh, the best part of that building is when I used to call your office and you go sports and I'd say, what do you know about sports? And that's what this show's called. What do you know about sports? <laughs> yeah. We've stolen the name of the show from your, uh, from your constant harassment of me last. I was a I loved it. I thought it was part of anyways. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks. This has been great. Um, again, first uh, first attempt at this, and uh, we'll uh, you know we'll make some improvements along the way. And uh, this has been fun. Thanks. Um, any thoughts as we wrap this up? And uh, look forward to maybe doing a few more of these. Hopefully, every week for a little while here. Well, I think this was good. Good fun. Good fun, Randy and Lance. Uh, I, uh, there, there's there's no end of topics I'm sure that we can we can touch on. So um, thanks very much for uh, for coming up with this idea and uh, 
uh, hopefully we can keep it going. Yeah, I think it's great. It's a lot of fun. We could spend Tuesday mornings. Nobody watches it. At least we can think we're we can still have fun talking, anyways. <laughs> Reminiscent. So yeah, it's all it's all it's all good. Great to connect with you guys. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Okay, take care. Yeah.